Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Hello, you are very welcome to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening. It is Sarah McKenzie Foley here with you until 7pm. I am going to be getting post-match reaction from that massive Glanmire win in the ladies' intermediate football semi-final against Afina and Mallow this afternoon. I've also got an interview with bodybuilder Darren O'Leary and, of course, a roundup of all the day's other sporting action across Gaelic Games, Premier League and lots more besides. So let's get into it. I mentioned it there but it's been another huge day for the Glanmire ladies intermediate football team so we are starting off your roundup of the day sport with that news because they faced Meads Nafina in their All-Ireland Club Championship semi-final this afternoon and it was indeed Glanmire who came out as winners on a scoreline of 1-7 to 6 points as I said earlier we'll be getting post-match analysis of that game from Jer McCarthy later on the show so stay tuned for that Meanwhile, it was Ballygunner against Clan Lara in the AIB Munster Hurling Senior Club Championship Final. And that game took place at Simple Stadium. And we'll also have reaction for you from that uh, just a bit, little bit later on. In the Co-op Superstores Junior B Hurling Championship Final, Moy have emerged victorious from their game against Killa on a dominant scoreline of 4-11 to 1-9, while Douglas clashed with Goline at Parky Ring in the Bond Scores Junior B Football Championship Final. Douglas were the winners there on a scoreline of 1-12 to 2-7. Now, in the Premier League, there are four games that have reached full time. Liverpool had to turn things around against Fulham in their game today and Shane Pennington has the latest from Anfield. When it's Liverpool four, Fulham three and two goals in the space of two minutes have Liverpool in front here now. Endo had equalised with a goal from 20 yards out but Trent Alexander-Arnold has just scored his second worldie of the game. The ball dropping to the edge of the box and on the half volley, Meanwhile, a 10-man Chelsea held on to beat Brighton 3-2 in their game this afternoon. Joshua Adudonker has the full-term report from Stamford Bridge. Chelsea 3, Brighton 2. What a game at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea returned back to the ways after last week's 4-1 loss to Newcastle. Enzo Fernandez penalty, the decisive goal in this one. After Conor Gallagher was sent off for two bookable offences, Chelsea were down to 10 players for the majority of the second half. Brighton got a late second goal when Jal Pedro plodded in to make it a grandstand finish. Chelsea hung on Chelsea get the three points Brighton have to take the L on the road it's Chelsea three Brighton two Elsewhere West Ham and Crystal Palace have shared the spoils in their game Clive Edwards had the full time report from the London Stadium full time it's West Ham one Crystal Palace one a few boos met the full time whistle the West Ham fans not satisfied with that performance a goal in the 30th minute from Kudus gave them the lead but then a dreadful mistake by Mavapanas in the 53rd minute allowed Crystal Palace's Edouard to equalise. In the 94th minute, Jared Bowen had a header from the edge of the six-yard box straight at the keeper. But on the whole, for the Hammers, it was a frustrating afternoon for Palace. A well-earned point. It finished West Ham 1, Crystal Palace 1.
Elsewhere, Aston Villa scored late to rescue a point away to Bournemouth in their Premier League encounter. Alan Seabrook has the full-term report from the Vitality. British finished a Bournemouth two, Aston Villa two, a point apiece then between the two sides and it was the Cherries who were arguably the better side in the afternoon who took the lead on 10 minutes. Christy feeling Semenyo through the inside left channel made no mistake with his finish. 10 minutes later, it was all square. Leon Bailey cutting in from the right-hand side and unleashing an absolute fizzer across the goalkeeper that found the bottom left-hand corner. Two minutes later, Villa thought they'd taken the lead. Diego Carlos touching home from close range, but VAR ruled that one out. Seven minutes into the second half, Cherries back in front. Nice ball in for Solanke, who took it neatly and on the swivel found the corner of the net. Villa, though, leaving it incredibly late to level up. Ball in from the right-hand side. Ollie Wepkins with the glancing header to find the net and give that Villa a much-deserved point. It's finished here. All square. Bournemouth 2, Villa 2. The final game of the day sees Manchester City and Tottenham going head-to-head at the Etihad. A win for Pep Guardiola's side would see them cut Arsenal's lead at the top of the table to just one point. The latest score there at the moment is 2 all, so there's still some work for City to do and we'll get you a final score from that game as soon as it comes in. In the Championship, Cork's Adam Ida sealed a very late victory for Norwich in their game against Bristol City. His goal arrived deep into added time and secured them a 2-1 win. In Scotland, Celtic had a 3-1 win away to St Johnston in the day's early game. But Celtic's boss Brendan Rodgers had strong words for his team at half-time and they duly turned it around in the second half. Rangers were also in action this afternoon as they hosted St Mirren. Rangers won that game 2-1 and it was the same scoreline in favour of Hibernian as they faced Aberdeen. To snooker now and the final of the UK Championship takes place today. Seven-time champion Ronnie O'Sullivan has been taking on China's Ding Zhongwei and Junwei has recovered from an early three-frame deficit to level with O'Sullivan at four frames apiece at the end of the first session. Finally, in rugby, all four provinces were in action this weekend in the URC. Munster had a big win against Glasgow on Friday night in Musgrave Park on a scoreline of 40-29, to but it was the turn of Connacht and Leinster last night Leinster trailed 8-7 at the break but fought back in the second half and were victors at the final whistle thanks to a late try from Kieran Frawley. The final score there was Connacht 22, Leinster 24 and it means that Leinster are currently sitting at the top of the URC table on 29 points ahead of second place Glasgow on 26 points. Now, let's go back to football for a moment because the draw for the third round of the FA Cup has taken place today and Arsenal and Liverpool have been drawn together and the two teams will square off at the Emirates. There's also going to be a Tyneweir derby with Sunderland hosting Newcastle and in the remainder of the draw, Manchester United will be away to League One's Wigan with holders Manchester City at home to Huddersfield. Maidstone, who are the only non-league side guaranteed a place in that third round, are at home to either Stevenage or Port Vale. And it looks like that Arsenal v Liverpool game is going to be the big attraction amongst those fixtures. With that being said, do reach out to us on Twitter X and tell us what you make of that draw. We are at Big Red Bench here until seven o'clock this evening. Uh, we we just have to go ahead and talk about the Glanmire Ladies Intermediate football semi-final game against Nafina because it's just a, such a fantastic win from that team. They really had to reset at half time and they came through with the win 
And we're going to hear in a while from Glanmire manager Vince Barry and also from a couple of the players themselves. But as I said, let's start off first with their manager. Okay, Vincey, congratulations. Managing Glenmore to an All-Ireland Intermediate Club final in Crow Park in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, first of all, it must sound really good, does it? <laughs> Unbelievable feeling, I'll be honest, yeah. Look, we started early in the year in January, started training. Our aim was to get to the county final. Mm. We partly guess we'd be meeting the Everborn, um, and we did, you know. Look, we just barely got over the hurdle with the Everborn, but we knew that if we got over the county, out of the county in Cork, we'd have a great opportunity of mm. giving this All-Ireland a good rattle. Mm. Um, which it did today, you know, I mean, you saw the first half, really, and didn't play great in the first half, made a few alterations at halftime, position changes, and, you know, regrouped. Um, it showed in the second half, we, 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 our first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, we were extraordinary, mm-hmm. extraordinary. But, and in the corner, uh, it worked a treat, worked a treat. Ola Roach came into our own in the second half as yeah. well, our attacking force, and, you know, she kind of opened them up, really. Um, I did think Nafina did die, die a little bit in the second half, maybe yesterday or whatever. I think 10 or 12 girls playing yesterday. How much of a concern was that for you coming into today? Well, as you know, I know four of our girls played with SARS yesterday. Three started and one came on. It was a concern. We had to manage this for the last month with Ty Gork, the manager of uh, SARS, you know. Yeah. Um, what we did is we made sure the girls weren't training four times a week, you know. So what we did, we, we bought them. Do you know... We, we we left them regroup, uh, looked after their health, um, do you know, and didn't overtrain them. That's one thing we didn't do. And I, I think it actually kept them fresh, I'll be honest, you know. Uh, I think it showed today. It showed today. Like, do you know? Were you concerned at halftime? Because it was low scoring, there wasn't much happening, and he needed a spark, and we got it from the from 1 2, like yeah. 10 minutes into the second half. But how worried were you going into the break? Extremely worried. Yeah. Extremely worried. I told you two pints in the first half. Yeah, yeah. It's not cheap. So, no, not at all. But you know, I thought Nafina were a doggy team today. Yeah. To be very honest, yeah. you know, they they probably had the homework done their top players now as well. They didn't give us much space. You know, they got in tight, knocking away the ball. We in the first half had a world of mispassing. Mm. Our turnovers were incredible. Like you know, I mean, Jesus, that's not like us all year. To be honest, you know, mm. I think we fourteen in the first half. Mm. That's not good enough, you know. Frustrating for you too. It was in the sideline. Yeah, we addressed these few errors now at halftime. You know, to be honest, uh, John, and uh, I think that it worked. It worked. Position changes, but a bit fresh legs. Um, you must. These girls are going since the twenty third of January. No, John, it's a long year. It's eleven months. Yeah, how much though? I was there in those yeah. last three intermediate finals yeah. before this year. Yeah. I know the hurt when you get so close. Mm. How hard has it been to mo- not to motivate them, but like obviously the momentum of finally getting over the Navy Vaughan this year yeah. in the county. Yeah. You seem like you're playing a lot freer since then. Now, granted, today you had to dog it out, but is that the difference that you got over that monkey off the back? hundred percent has to be. I mean, it's not good for players losing three county finals and the trash. Um Look, we regrouped the start of the year. We put a plan in place. We said that we're going to put everything behind us. What happened previous years, you know. Mm. Uh, the girls bought into it. Look, we bought in complete new management, you know. Mm. Goalkeeping Billy O'Connor, James Yoshia, our, our free kicking coach, you know, uh, you know, news Connor Quinlan, Sully, these people, you know, even our physio down to Esther, 
and Louise O'Donovan. These people are just extraordinary. And, you know, it freshened it all up. New faces, you could see it, you know. I mean, it, it was extremely hard on the past management, losing three finals is so disheartening. Mm. But, um, look, we regrouped, and uh, obviously we did something right for still here. <laughs> Lastly, yeah. OK, it's an all-earned final. It's going to be great excitement, huge hype. How do you control that? No, because it's so close to Christmas as well, and it's Crow Park. It's very important, the old cliche of NCU Norbers, but as I do, don't play the occasion, because you've got to go up there and play the game. But a real opportunity for these players, too, to play on, you know, in a stadium that they deserve to be playing in. Mm. Of course, a lot of these girls were probably at Crow Park at, at a game before, never would have played. Mm. Ellen Murphy probably, about, and Abby O'Mahony, but the only two girls that ever played in the Crow Park. Mm. So, but just remember this, so I'll be honest, no, uh, uh, your, a lot of our girls are young, mm. 16, 17 or 18s. You don't fear these girls. <laughs> they just go into these stadiums and it's like going into Glamour in the pike below. Mm. You know, it, it, it's, we, will, we will manage it, all right, I'll be honest with you, but, you know, we'll enjoy tonight. And we'll enjoy preparing for the next two weeks. Be very honest. Excellent stuff, Vincey. All the best from the Red Bench. Well done. Very relieved, uh, Vince Barry there, but also clearly delighted. Let's get some reaction from the players themselves. Jer spoke to a number of the girls after the game. Uh, I'm here with a bunch of very, very happy Glanmire footballers who are heading to Crow Park and an All-Ireland final. Uh, I'll start with you, Claudia. Congratulations. Uh, how did that... Uh, tough game today, but a fantastic feeling at the final whistle? Yeah, unbelievable feeling. We did make it tough for ourselves out there in the first half, but we came out better in the second half and just were delighted with ourselves now. Um, low scoring first half but you got a spark in the second half there with Orla's goal that really got you going yeah we know we can always count on Orla for a good goal like that and we're just happy she got it anyway uh, you looking forward to going up to Dublin for an Ireland final yeah sure I'd say half of us have never been to Crow Park in our lives <laughs> so to be playing there now is going to be unreal and we can't wait for it well, well done to Ali congratulations big big day for the club and uh, heading to Dublin yeah absolutely delighted great win in the end <laughs> how excited are you about getting to Crow Park <laughs> Um, look, I suppose we first our main goal was the county final, and then once we we got the county final to where we wanted to be, we were able to broaden our horizon and have a look. And the ultimate goal was Crow Park, even though we were taking one game at a time. So to finally be able to say that Crow Park is our number one goal now, and there's nothing in between stopping us, is a great thing to say. And I think everyone played really well, so it was it was deserved in the end. Yeah, it was a low scoring game and a tough game. Did you find it going tough in the first half? Yeah, it was tough in the first half mentally as well as physically, you know, kind of when they keep scoring and the head goes down. But when we came back in at halftime, we recouped and it was vital to get a good start. And luckily enough with Orla, then we were able to kind of build the momentum. We had our purple patch and we weren't we weren't letting go of the purple patch. Excellent stuff. Ellen, how important uh, was that second half goal from Orla's just to get you going? Um, I suppose well we talked at half time and we knew that we kind of hadn't gotten going yet and we knew that they kind of were at full tilt, tilt really and they were actually we could see after 20 minutes they were tiring so we kind of had a chat at half time we got our head right and we said that if we kind of hit the ground running in the first half that we'd kind of hopefully just kind of outrun them in the end and get ahead of them so Orla's goal towards the start of the first half really gave us a boost and we could drive on from there so it was really really important to kind of got us started again and we kind of played football the way we can play football and we were really happy after that we kind of just drove on Was it frustrating not being able to break them down especially start towards the end of the first half? 
Yeah, I suppose it was. I suppose we actually had a good bit of possession in the first half, but any time we kind of broke up into their defence, we were kind of finding it hard to break through. And I suppose this kind of week with this match, we were kind of focused on going down the wings and stuff like that. And we were kind of sticking to our game plan, but it wasn't really working. So it was frustrating. But again, like as I said, we knew that we hadn't gotten going yet. I know we kind of had a slight bit of a breeze with us, but we knew that if we picked ourselves up and drove on, that we'd have loads in the tank to get over the line. Excellent stuff. Ava, from your point of view, um, really low scoring game today again, but your defence really stood up. Yeah, I think that's one thing our defence is really good at is keeping composure because at the end of the day a kick with a ball can change the whole dynamic of a game. So I think we just need to like we're good at like working the ball out, keeping the head, keeping possession and not getting too panicked because with panic then that's when the danger comes and I think we did really well at that today. Did you find it was a bit tiring today after travelling away last weekend? It took a while to get going? Well, I think like we're we're a young enough team, really. Um, but last week, last week, last week, we really, really felt the tiredness, and like we obviously had girls playing the camogie yesterday, yeah. so that was always something that we were worried about. But I don't think you could tell that we were tired on the pitch today. I think we really gave it everything to the last second. And heading out to Crow Park for an All Ireland final, how does that sound? I can't believe it. It was always kind of like whispers, you know, with the start of the championship. You know, the finals in Croke Park this year now because when we yeah, were in it five yeah. years ago, we played in a little pitch in Ballinasloe, like. Yeah, yeah. So up in Croke Park, it was like, oh my God, it's actually in our reach. And then with the Munster, we were like, okay, like, it's in our reach. And then we had an extra hurdle to go with London and now yeah. we're finally going. Well, it's fantastic for him. Delighted everyone the big red bench is delighted. All the best in that honour and final. Thank you very much. Ger McCarthy was at the game for Corks Red FM today and joins me now on the line. Ger, that seemed like a very close fought match until that goal from Orla Roach. What did that do to the urgency of the game from that point on? It really seemed like a watershed moment. Oh, it absolutely was, Sarah, and the game badly needed it because uh, <laughs> at half time it was four points to two. There was only two points from open play, and I was looking at my laptop going, Oh, we're going to write about this. Look, both clubs were. I think the, the occasion might have gotten to them. To be fair to them, mm. it's not Ireland semi-final, um, and uh, it's not from the one to try. But the turnovers and the, the giveaways were just—it was a very sloppy first half. Thankfully, at the start of the second half, Glanmire came out with team transformed, and uh, they got one-two inside the first ten minutes, and that really it turned it from four points to two to one-four to not four. And in the middle of all of that, Orla Roach's goal was just the, the one quality moment of the afternoon. She cut in from the from the right-hand side and found the bottom corner with a terrific goal and that did seem to kick-start them. Now, even saying that, Glanmire still went on to squander a lot of chances and they needed a couple of late points from Abby O'Mahony um, and from, uh, you know, to, just to keep um, Nafina at arm's length but Nafina in the second half having kicked four points in the first half, they went nearly half an hour without scoring. You just can't do that in the semi-final. They did tack on a couple of late frees um, but it was never going to be enough and in the end I think the better team won uh, in Glanmire but it was far from pretty but look semi-finals are there to be won Sarah they're not met, meant to be necessarily entertaining and Glanmire certainly overcame a dogged opponent today and are all Ireland final bound Yeah I think it's very much worth mentioning as well that it was a, a tough ask for a lot of the girls on both teams playing dual matches yesterday and today huge games and I think Nafina had was it 12 players in that situation mm. how much do you think that played into today's game I think it was definitely a factor because look there was nine of Glenmire's contingent involved with Sarsfield's Camogie team that lost to Sarsfield's from Galway in the All-Ireland Senior Camogie semi-final as well yesterday but from Nafina they had 12 players that play, that, that have qualified now for uh, they beat Eglish in their semi-final 
we must congratulate them on that because they're through to an all earned intermediate camogie final but that was at 3 o'clock in Lowood yesterday afternoon Sarah so mm. whether any all of those 12 players and all of the 9 Glenmore players were involved or not it doesn't matter because they spent the day preparing for an all earned semi-final they spent the day travelling they spent the day warming up and they spent the day in the zone when they should have been at home resting up ahead of an all earned club football semi-final it's absolutely ridiculous there's absolutely no reason for it and it, and yes, every year we come back and we're still talking about the same thing. I think it's I think it was definitely a factor in the first half that both sets of players were that bit more tired and that bit more, I suppose, wary of, of making any mistakes. And you know, if you've played an all in semi final less than twenty four hours before and you're asked to do the exact same thing again, well it doesn't happen in the men's game because the men wouldn't be asked to do that. So why should the women be asked to do the same thing? And look, the sooner the three associations get together and sort all of this out, and the sooner we have you know, a proper calendar, the better, because this is just going to continue on. And it definitely was a factor today in the first half. I, I don't think either team was really honest. They were making far too many mistakes. And a lot of that, I would put it down to for the players that were involved, having been involved up the country and, and, and even from Sarah's point of view from Glenmark's point of view being involved in a really tough semi-final against Sarah's from Galway you couldn't expect him to, to repeat that process less than 24 hours later but look in the end I suppose the fact that both clubs were involved in Camogie semi-finals might have kind of evened it out um, but in the end I think the better team won as I said and I think the better team won today because Glanmire turned up in the second half they, they really didn't turn up in the first half or weren't allowed to but when they did when the chips were down um, they just did about enough to get over the line yeah, absolutely. Very well said. I think, you know, you've been keeping very close touch with this Glamour team as they've progressed. What did you see from them today that impressed you the most? Was it just that resilience that they, they came out in that second half and just got the job done? Yeah, that, that's exactly the right word. Their resilience was exactly what it was. Because if you've only kicked two points in an all Ireland club semi-final, things clearly aren't going your way. Mm. And um, it would have been very easy had they conceded a couple of points at the beginning of the second half. This game could easily have drifted away from them. Nafina were well up for it. They were well organised. But Glanmore were the you know they were responsible for their own downfall in the first half there because they gave away the ball something like ten to twelve times. Mm. Just simple, easy turnovers in, in the in the opponent's forty-five. You just can't do that a better team with the greatest respect in the Fianna would have punished them but weren't able to and that's down to the uh, Glanmire defence and I think there was no one player I suppose Order Roach will get the headlines for scoring 1-2 and deservedly so but yeah. there was no one player here today that turned the tide it was a team effort and when you've had to dig deep what I would point to Sarah was the previous weekend Glanmire went over to London and played Tier Connells from mm. London in the All-Ireland quarterfinal they were expected on paper to win that quite easily but they didn't and they had to dig it out and I think the fact that they had to dig out that game stood to them certainly in the second half today. They did come out a different team in the second half. They certainly came out uh, more determined and they just looked, looked that bit more confident. And once the score started to come, they looked like the Glenmire of old. They're just constant attacks running, coming at you from different angles all over the pitch. It wasn't pretty but they won't care because they're heading to Crow Park exactly you just mentioned it there we, also, we now have two two teams uh, two mm. Cork teams heading to Crow Park in a couple of weeks to, weeks time for those All-Ireland finals how do you see those two teams feeling going into those final matchups obviously once they've they finish celebrating today yeah, I think the celebrations are probably still going on down in O'Donovan Ross and Skibreen <laughs> because they're, they're into a junior All-Ireland final the Sunday before Christmas while Dan Meyer and o, the Saturday before Christmas uh, they're in the intermediate final. I think O'Donovan Ross, uh, look, they lost last year's junior A county final to Neva Vaughan and they were heartbroken at the end of it because mm. they just didn't turn up. This year they won every Cork LGFA club championship game. They won the junior A county final over their rivals from West Cork Donnies. They 
forged a path through Munster on the road, beat the Kerry champions to become provincial provincial winners and then they went to Glasgow uh, last weekend and beat a Scottish team quite easily to reach the semi-final but yesterday in Skibreen amid awful weather conditions rain and uh, a pretty heavy pitch but a well-prepared pitch they had to outlast uh, a Gusseran team from Wexford a Leinster champions a junior Leinster champions and had to dig deep much like Glenmire but again when the chips were down they got the important scores at the vital times Trina Murphy's goal just before half time and Fanulo Driscoll's goal towards the end were crucial in the end but um, O'Donovan Rossa are certainly a team with a lot of momentum I would fancy their chances going into that one Glenmire are the same but they'll have to improve they'll have to improve they know themselves they can't play for a half an hour in all and final or they're going to lose they're going to have to play for the full season. 60 minutes but it's fantastic for Cork football or Cork LGFA football to have two clubs in All-Ireland finals um, it bodes well for the coming year at inter-county level there's a lot of players putting their hands up for selection here Shane Renane the Cork manager was down in Skibreen yesterday as well he would have taken note of a few players there no doubt and look it's 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 a great way to end the year why we're playing it a week before Christmas I have no idea <laughs> But anyway, we'll take it. Two Cork teams there, Sarah, and lots to look forward to for both of them and Ross and Glenmire, who I think each have fighting chances of lifting those trophies. Absolutely, and thanks as always for being our boots on the ground. That's Dermot McCarthy there for uh, the Big Red Bench on Cork's FM. Now, I mentioned that we would have reaction from that AIB Monster Hurling Senior Club Championship final between Ballygunner and Clonlara. And the Ballygunner boss, Darrow Sullivan, has been speaking to Ashing O'Reilly following their win. So let's hear from him now. Darrow, congratulations. You must be pretty happy with that. Ballygunner have made history here today with three Monster titles in a row. Yeah, it's lovely to hear it. You know, we didn't talk about it, that's the truth. But to do it and to look where we are now and, uh, you know, and the role of honour in. In, you know, Monster Hurling is, is, is hugely satisfying, you know. And you're hearing the celebrations in the dressing room there. You know what it means to them. They've obviously had a lot of success, but they, they know what it feels like, but they want more and more. Ah, yeah, we've had a lot of sex, we had a lot of success, but we've had some bad days as well now. You know what I mean? That group would have plenty of defeats as well before they started to get to where they are today, you know. And look, it's, you know, we'll enjoy it. You know, it's, it's hugely satisfying from a group perspective. You know, we'll try and make ourselves a little bit better for the next day as well. It'll be a huge challenge coming again in two weeks' time and we'll focus on that from tomorrow and, you know, see what that brings. You know. Well, it was a brilliant performance. I was speaking to John Collin there from the Clonlara team and, you know, he said he just appreciates the, the skill levels and the team that Ballygunner is. There'll be a lot of teams watching on going, how do they play like that? Like, how are they this animal of a team? What do you think it comes down to? Obviously, you have the talent, but a lot more must go on behind the scenes. Yeah, look, and, you know... We try to go all the boxes too from a management perspective, and you know we've really phenomenal guys involved with us. You know, from Shafus Patrick is with us over 30 years in strength and condition. You know, he's an amazing guy, David Franks. You know, our selectors. You know, Tony O'Gregg and Jerry Hussey. You know, Shawnee done massive guys at the top end of their fields. You know, and that's 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 what it is. You know. And the forward line in particular, uh, they're they're well able to take a score. That is for sure. They're a joy to watch. Yeah, and they keep taking the right option when they have the ball, and that's usually the reward. And they don't shoot when it's not the right thing for the team, you know. And the goal that we got was work from Saki the whole way up. It's phenomenal goal and a team goal, and that's usually reward. And you know, to see that. Yeah, Desi Hutchinson today, he didn't have loads of scores on the board, but what he done is a lot of that off the ball stuff, and he set up some amount of scores. I thought that was pretty impressive too. Yeah, he's a you know fabulous talent, fabulous guy. You know, he's, he epitomizes what that group is. To be honest with you, you know. And for next now, obviously, uh, you have the All-Ireland semi-final and you're hoping to get back to that All-Ireland final and right the wrongs maybe from last year. Yeah, the semi-final was the hurdle that we didn't get over last year. So, you know, we lost many semi-finals too in the past and we got to get, you know, listen, Thompson going to be a formidable team. We all know that, you know what I mean? They've dominated Galway hurdling for the last five years and, 
you know, there's going to be a serious, serious challenge for us. Brilliant, Tara. Thanks for your time. Enjoy it. Thank you. Let's hear as well from the Clonlara manager, Donal Madden. He spoke to Ashling after the game as well. Donal, hard luck out there today, but a brilliant game of hurling. I don't think anyone could say the skill wasn't out there, that's for sure. No, absolutely. And as I said, you know, uh, Ballygun are a phenomenal side. Unbelievable skill, unbelievable touch. Their ball movement, their hands. But again... I focus on our guys I'd be awful proud of them their efforts where we've came from the start of the year to where we are now and uh, you know Belly Gunner want to do their thing and probably win All-Ireland but uh, I'd be so proud we won, we've won All-Irelands inside our dressing room this year to be honest in my book you know from where we've came from you know Tell us a little bit about the journey of winning that Clare Championship it's not easy to get out of Clare no, and look at the start of the year, we'd missed seven players between guys who were injured and emigrated and, and so on and different things. And uh, the start of the year, we were one of the favourites of relegation. And, uh, you know, next thing we win the first round and you win the second round and then you find yourself in a Munster club final. So, but I'd be so appreciative and grateful of all the effort uh, with the people in a committee level. And, uh, you know, our Camogies win the championship for the first time ever. But uh, it's been a fantastic year for us. And... Uh, I'd be very proud of the attitude we showed her today. We never give up. We never, we never turn the towel, and we stay at it. You know, you know. And coming up against a team like Ballygunner, they've been very successful. We all know all about it. You know, been in All Ireland, won All Ireland, ten Waterford Championships in a row. As a hurling man, I'm sure you can appreciate their skill too. Hundred percent. Look at it. They're, they're something you aspire to. You know, and uh, you know, and, and and you look up to these guys and, and the quality of their players and the quality of their skill level and their touch and their fitness and. You know, like it's crazy what they have. You have two teams under 21A, you know, uh, absolutely. But, but again, uh, it's all, it is inter county stuff, what, what, what they're at. And fair play to them. I and mean, look at there's something we'd all aspire to be, you know. Yeah, and one thing no one can say is that he didn't come up the road today and go for it because he's really did. No, like you could turn around and you go all defensive and you play 10 men behind the ball and you're going to get hammered. Uh, and you come out and you can argue, well, you got well beaten today. But we, we came out and we can we can sit back and say, well, we tried. And we came out and we thrown at it and, you know, we went positive and we, we, we took the game to them and we tried. And, yeah, we left gaps at the back. But you can play 10 men behind the ball and you're still going to get hammered. So yeah, at least you can go out and you say, well, I give it a go, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And enjoy it. Well, thanks so much, John. I appreciate Thank your time. Let's get you a final whistle score update from that last Premier League game of the day. Manchester City and Tottenham have played out a three-all draw and I'll tell you what, that last 10 minutes or so was absolutely insane and I've never seen Erling Haaland that angry at anything. Let's hear from Peter Smith who had the full-time report. City 3, Spurs 3. Son stunned City with a six-minute breakaway goal. Soon after, he deflected Silver's free kick into his own net. City edged ahead, pouncing through Foden, but Spurs refused to lie down and level midway through the second half through the Celsius outstanding goal. Playing out for the bank proved to be perilous for Spurs as Holland teed up substitute Greeley for 3-2. But Kulishevsky level with a header in the final minute of normal time, connecting with Johnson's cross. It ended City 3, Spurs 3. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of post-match analysis and chat of different opinions about that one. Speaking of lots of different opinions, the F1 season may be over, but as always, there is still news coming in. If you are a fan of Williams driver Logan Sargent, you'll be very pleased to have heard earlier this week that the American is retaining his seat for 2024. And he was, of course, a rookie this season. And unfortunately, he only managed to score a single point. But as we know, there are many, many factors that contribute to decision making on these Formula One seats outside of on track performance whether we like it or not so 
those are the facts of the situation. We have a finalised grid for 2024 at last and apparently, someone will have to fact check this for me, but apparently this is the first time ever that the grid lineup is the same for two years in a row. So we may not have any new faces on the grid next year, but we will hopefully have a more competitive season, she says, hoping beyond hope. And if you want more F1 chat, I will be doing a review of the 2023 F1 season with Jer McCarthy on the next episode of the Women in Sport podcast. So that's coming out next Thursday at noon. Make sure you check that out. You'll find it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I've got something a bit different for you up next and it's an interview with bodybuilder Darren O'Leary who is from Ballyviehan and he competes across the globe in natural bodybuilding competitions and he's recently just returned from the USA and he took some time to speak to Rory about his career in the sport, how he got started, some of the misconceptions and the stigmas attached to it and lots more besides. So enjoy. All right, I am delighted to be joined in studio by uh, my old friend, my old neighbour, fellow Bellavieham boy, Mr. Darren O'Leary. Darren, how are you, sir? I'm good, Rory. How's things? Good, sir. I haven't seen you in ages. We grew up a stone's throw away from each other. Absolutely, as little uh, little bobbies. Back in the day. Back, back in the day, Bellevue. man. Back in the day, we're not spring chickens anymore, though. No, we won't talk about that, though, because <laughs> we certainly aren't. Uh, Darren, it's a pleasure having you in here, buddy. Um, I've been following your progress in the, the bodybuilding scene over the last number of years, and it's always been something I've been meaning to talk to you about, so I'm delighted we've, we've had the chance to talk about this in studio today. Um, for people who don't know what you do, uh, tell people what you do, basically. So I compete in natural bodybuilding. So basically it's a contest where you are judged on your your physique, on your muscularity, your conditioning, your aesthetics. Um, but bodybuilding, natural bodybuilding, is probably the fastest growing sport in Ireland as of today. Yeah, It's growing at such um, a rapid pace, but... It doesn't get the awareness that I believe it should get just yet, but I think we're on the cusp of it really, really soon. Mm. Um, so I just want to talk about natural bodybuilding, natural bodybuilding, what it is, the type of sport it, it, it is, what it involves, and I suppose my journey up to up to now, really. First off, um, I get the impression just from talking to you today that the natural part of it is just such a massive, massive um, factor for you. It is. It's huge because um, the thing with bodybuilding itself, if you're not familiar with the sport, when when you think of bodybuilding, you just think of like Arnie and yeah. the big boys back in the day and stuff. And there is a bit of um, there is a bit of a bad stigma with that because look, let's be honest, th- there is a lot of like uh, enhancement uses in, in in bodybuilding and stuff. So with natural bodybuilding, it's an alternative for people. Um, it's it's obviously overall better for your health, um, yeah. and it's a sport that's I have so much um, respect for, and the people that um, compete in natural body, in natural bodybuilding because there's so much dedication to it, man. Yeah, you know it's it's I I like I have so much respect for anybody that actually even tries to take part in the sport. To be honest mm. with you, and the discipline required. The discipline is, it's a lifestyle choice. So, like, you have to really be into it. So, like, as you know, growing up, I I played sports all my life. But for me, bodybuilding requires the most discipline out of everything I've done. So, like, if you're playing football, 
hurling, ga, even any combat sports, you can switch off. You know, you can switch off, you can have a beer, you can have a, a, a meal out, whatever. But when it comes to bodybuilding, the discipline that it takes, like you're being, like at the end of the day, you're being judged for how you look. So if you have anything that's like not on plan, it's going to go against you. So the discipline and determination that it requires, it's it's something else, man. So are you strictly on a food plan like every day, everything is counted, everything is watched, everything that you put into your body is accounted for? Every single thing that I put into my body is accounted for. Um, but for me, like as I just said, to be, to have longevity in natural bodybuilding, it has to be a lifestyle choice. So for me, with my food, whether I'm on prep or I'm off season, my food doesn't really change. Yeah. Uh, what changes is the portion sizes and the calories. So like I would still just naturally just track all my food, um, whether I'm getting close to a show or if 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 I don't have any shows coming up. But everything needs to be tracked and accounted for. Absolutely. Do you give yourself Christmas Day off? Yes, sir. <laughs> and you know what? Every Christmas, I'm always defeated by the Christmas dinner. Yeah. I can never finish it. I never. So this year, I, I'm planning on, on force-feeding myself if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Darren will be stuffed in Turkey about 3 o'clock on Christmas Day. Um, take me back, Darren. Obviously, uh, you were a very good footballer back in your day. Um, you played a lot of sports back in your day. When did the bodybuilding bug start? How did it start? Um, the bodybuilding bug kind of started, I suppose, maybe around 2014, 2015. So... When I had my gym, I had clients that um, we just went to um, we went to um, a bodybuilding show. It's called Mister Cork. It's mm. still on every year, and I had a couple of clients that were like they were interested in doing it. Oh, I had no experience in bodybuilding. Yeah. I've never I never trained somebody for bodybuilding. I had no idea what it entailed, but a couple of them got the bug for it, and luckily, um, about a year later or so. Actually, it was before that. It was about 2012. About a year later, um, there was a, an organisation that just was just created, um, the Natural Bodybuilding Federation of Ireland. So anyone that wanted to compete in bodybuilding uh, but wanted to do it naturally had a chance to compete. So I had uh, a few clients that said they wanted to do it. So I said, look, let's go for it. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I had no idea how to prep people. But you know what? Uh, it was it was a success. One of my clients got um, first place, got a couple of placings in in in, in the shows, and then slowly but surely, I kind of got into it myself. But it took me about two years before I decided to compete. Yeah, just out of pure nerves, man. Just pure nerves of like, what if I'm not good enough or I'm too skinny? I can understand that though, because you're completely exposed in that stage. Oh, like, oh man, a hundred percent, dude. I'm the type of person where. You'll see me in the middle of the summer here and I wouldn't even wear shorts. I'm like, my legs are too skinny. <laughs> Honestly, and even to this day, you probably still won't even see me down in Gary Vaux Beach wearing shorts during the summer. <laughs> but it was, um, I was like, just do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Just just, just try it, do it. Um, and honestly, I haven't looked back since. Yeah, 
it was it was amazing. A funny story though, and I just said it off off air. Um, the fir- my first show was in 2016 at um, the national championships, and I remember being backstage. And the only the only thing I could actually compare to was when I was playing football as a schoolboy, and if the same nerves I had was the nerves I had, say if I was getting ready for a big a, a, a big match or yeah. a cup final or something. I remember being backstage and we were being lined up to go out and in bodybuilding you're wearing like skimpy little trunks like almost little toms they don't leave much to the imagination absolutely no. man and I remember looking around and I just thinking to myself what <laughs> what am I doing here I'm like these guys are monsters like I don't belong here and I just got so nervous and anxious and I was literally just about to turn around and walk off and like the organisers were like, right lads, off you go and the line just started moving and within 10 seconds I was on stage and if I look back at the videos now of my first show, I was just a bag of nerves on stage. I was shaking, I was trembling but the experience, man, when you have your family, your friends, Colleagues there cheering you on. It's oh man, it was it was it was such a great feeling. When um when you're going on stage, are you guys jostling for position in front of the judges, or do you have your own set spot? So uh, what happens is uh, you you're just you're you're lined up in um in in a specific order, yeah. right? So like for instance, let's say like for, uh, when I competed two weeks ago on my last show, there was fourteen in the class, so it was a big big class. So we all came out and they lined us up at um, at the centre of the stage and then they, they made us go through all of our compulsory rounds and mandatory rounds. And then they're pretty much judging everybody on that and then they will make the first call out. So the first call out is pretty much who they think the top five or top six is right. going to be. And then they'll just go through the, 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 the mandatories again and then they'll just compare everybody. Um, so kind of that's the way that's the way it usually goes. But you could be if it's a big class, you could be on stage for like we were, I, my last show. I was on stage for forty minutes. Now I don't know if you've ever like posed or like flexed. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's hard going. But for forty minutes, the cramping, man. Oh my goodness. But also the adrenaline must wear off at that point oh, as well. Gone, gone. After like fifteen minutes, you're like, all right, lads, come on, enough yeah. is enough. But do you have to hold that pose? Can you like stretch out or? So when when you're sent when you're center stage, you you yeah. better hold that pose because yeah. if you if you don't hold that pose, you're going to be marked down for it. When they put you back, so like when you stop being judged and you're put back and they bring someone else forward, you can semi-relax, yeah. but you can never fully switch off. That's why it's very important to... I compare that to like match fitness. Yeah. Right? So like if you're playing soccer or whatever, you get match fit by actually practicing the sport. It's the same with bodybuilding. You have to practice your posing. If you don't practice the posing... You're 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 going to fade on yeah. stage very very fast. I'd imagine you've seen guys do that as well. Man, this happened to me. Yeah. Like it comes with experience, and then you start cramping and stuff. You know, um, it's tough. It's oh, man, it's it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to judging, then then Darren, what are the judges looking for specifically? And I'd imagine it's very subjective. One judge isn't looking for the same as the next judge. Yeah, it's such a subjective sport. Um, so usually the way it's judged is they'd have an uneven number of judges. Uh, so that there would never really be a draw. Yeah. Um, no, there still could be very close calls and stuff like that, you know. But um, they're looking for, I suppose, overall muscularity based off your 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 frame, symmetry, conditioning, 
vascularity. So vascularity is that, you know, those veins and then the, the conditioning is like when you can see the muscle fibers in like each individual muscle, um, dryness, hardness. So they're looking for that. Now, there's different classes in bodybuilding. Um, so each class would be slightly different. But when you're talking about the, the, the open bodybuilding categories, that's what they would be looking for. But again, it's very, very subjective, you know? Yeah. Very um, subjective. I mean, those bright lights on your face as well. And it can be, oh. you probably can't see the judges properly. You don't exactly. Know. And then because there's so much heat off the light, you, you start to sweat. Then when you sweat, you're starting to panic. You're like, oh my God, am I fit? It's, so it's, yeah. You got to compose yourself. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, talk to me then about, I suppose, the week of a competition and the preparation that you have to put in to get yourself into this prime like condition, I suppose, yeah. for the show. So when it comes to um, the lead up to a show, like coming up to the week of the show, you should be pretty much ready already. If, yeah. if you're not make, making making the peak week adjustments as they say it's not it, it could actually go against you so you have to be very very lean very very conditioned like leading up to the, show, the the week of the show but usually what we would do is not everybody does it but um what we what well what I would do is I would manipulate water and yeah. manipulate sodium um, because what that does, it, it helps to dry you out. So I would load myself with water and sodium for the first few days and then slowly taper it back down. Um, so what that does then, and when it comes to nutrition, initially in, in the first few days of like your peak week, I would just cut all carbs and then start loading carbs like maybe two days before the show. And again, what that does, it just pulls water from underneath the skin. So it dries right. you out. It makes you that more vascular and conditioned. But if you do it wrong, and I've seen people do it wrong. You're going to look watery, and you're going to, you're, you're going to lose that that condition look. Looking watery then is that just saggy? Is it or looking watery could be you you could be very full, but you just don't have the vascularity, yeah. like the conditioning to where you see the separation in your muscle bellies yeah. and stuff. You know. Um, I think I remember reading sometimes that um, bodybuilders take like a shot of whiskey before they go on stage for the veins. Is that yeah, is that yeah, a thing? yes, it is. Whis- I've seen whiskey. I've seen wine. Um, people I've never done it yeah. because like if I drank a shot of whiskey before I got on stage I probably wouldn't make the stage <laughs> <laughs> you know but they do it just because it, it, it helps with that vascularity yeah. and stuff like that you know but um, if you've never tried it before I, I wouldn't be doing it but people do crazy things man yeah crazy things anything to get that little edge I suppose that is it? half a percent could be the difference between coming first and coming fifth um, it's 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 that minute of a thing, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So were you bitten by the competing bug then, being on stage and getting yourself ready into this condition? Yeah, man. It just it was it brought me back to my childhood days of playing ball. Yeah. That feeling, you know, that feeling when you score a goal. That no, you I've f- never. <laughs> <seen it. laughs> I was a defender. You def- I was yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have hatchet. What should I call me? Yeah. That feel, man, it was the exact same feeling as a kid. And it was like, you know, the thing with bodybuilding is it's a sport of longevity. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm 35 now. The thoughts of me going back playing ball, even the thoughts of it is like my hamstring automatically feels tight even t- thinking of running, right? <laughs> with bodybuilding, you could be 70 and you yeah. can start bodybuilding. That's what I love about it. You know, it's a sport of longevity and they have different they have different classes for, for, for each age and stuff. So... I just got bit by it, man, and and it was when I done it in 2016 when I came off stage. 
I was like, okay, I can do this. And do you know what's great about it as well, though? Like, outside of me just loving it, it's inspired so many people that I know. Yeah. Like, if Darren can do it, I can do it. Like, Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, if, if like, since I've competed, the amount of other people that either wanted to compete or do a photo shoot or just make better choices in their life just by seeing me doing yeah. something like that, you know? So the fact that it inspires so, so many other people, I love it, man. Yeah. You know, absolutely love it. Um, and what it's done for me mentally and what it's done for me, like, from from a, my career and stuff, I'll be forever grateful for it. Yeah. Forever. And you have competed quite a lot this year as well. You're just back from the States. <sighs> yes, sir. So this has been a long year for me. Um, I've been in prep eight months. Um I've done five shows this year, but the last two shows were stateside. Uh, the two biggest, na- the two biggest natural bodybuilding shows, um, the Natural Olympia, which took place in Las Vegas, and then a week later I went to Seattle and competed in the WMBF World Championships. It was an experience, to say the least. When you're travelling that far then, Darren, like, how does your preparation suffer? How does it change? Oh, man. So I had to bring all my food on the flight with me. It must have <laughs> been an interesting conversation. It was a very interesting conversation. Um, I had to bring all my food on the flight with me. And, do you know, it was. it's not as hard as what people think it could be, but you have to everything needs to be planned in advance yeah. so even like where you're staying the accommodation making sure you have cooking facilities making sure that there's a supermarket close by just all of these things you know um, you everything has to be planned and you like everything needs to be done down to a T because as I said earlier with bodybuilding you're judged on how you look yeah. so if you miss a meal or if you eat off plan or anything just because you're not prepared it's going to go against you you know, so um, it was tough because there was an eight-hour time difference and stuff. So getting there and kind of getting prepared and, and getting myself settled and stuff. But um, within two or three days, I settled into it. Yeah. And I kind of found my, my groove and my way and my routine and stuff. And um, it moves. The thing about it, it goes so fast. You know, like, I feel like I, 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 feel like I was just there yesterday and it's done already. You, you know what I mean? It just <laughs> yeah, moves yeah. so fast, man. Um, and you're progressing as well. You, you've seen yourself get better and better at placings uh, and, and the podiums and stuff like that as well, which must be, I suppose, pleasing for you, but also inspirational. It's kind of saying, I'm doing this right. Something is going right. I can still get better. Though. Yes, absolutely. And, and that, that's what drives me and motivates me to keep going. So... When I got off the stage in 2016 for my first show, I, I set a goal because I'm kind of very goal orientated anyway. So when I do things, I like to do things to the best of my ability. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, I'm going to set a goal. I want to be world champion by the time I'm 40. Yeah. So this year in the world championships, I, in the two shows, I, I got a second place and then I got a, I got a fifth place. So I I know I'm 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 getting closer and I'm almost there, but it's just in bodybuilding. It's just you need patience. Mm. You need patience because it takes time. Um, but I have the patience and I have the discipline. So it's it's it, I mean, it's 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 getting closer, but I just need to stay the course. When you are preparing for a show, Darren, what is your average training week like? Are you training five days, three days, seven days? Are you doing two sessions a day? How yeah. does it work? So pe- people think it's funny because when people ask me that question, they're like, oh my God, you must 
you must be training for hours and hours. I'm like, I, I train five days per week. Yeah. But when I train, I train hard. Yeah. You know? Um, I train five days per week. I take two days off. Some some training phases, I might train like seven times in the week, but I will still take two days off. So I might have a double day twice a, uh, twice a week. And then just like a little, some cardio and some steps. But it's just, it's more about being consistent. And then the, like your nutrition then will determine how lean you get. So and that's why you have to be disciplined all the time, like in bodybuilding, you know, um, and you need to give it enough time. So I started my prep the day after Paddy's day this yeah. year. So I went out Paddy's night. <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much my, my last night out. And yeah. then the following day, I was like, okay, I'm on prep. Yeah. And I finished prep last week, so I think what's that? That's like eight months straight. Yes, yeah. Like last week was my first week off plan. Yeah. In eight months. You what, know? What's your cheat meal then after you come off plan? Um so the thing is, like uh, I'll eat it but I'd be in absolute agony. So I had a burger. I had a burger <laughs> and chips and I was I was in agony for two days. But for me, if I'm having something it would be pizza. Yeah. Give me a pizza, I'm a happy man. Yeah. Pizza and some Ben and Jerry's, and I'm good to Maybe go. Even your mum's home cooking. That too. <laughs> that too for the last week, absolutely. <laughs> nothing baits mum. Nothing, absolutely nothing baits it. Um, like, as we discussed in this chat, Darren, like, people have this stigma about bodybuilding. You're obviously here to say, like, that stigma doesn't exist. Like, what would you say to people who, who want to maybe not compete want to just start bodybuilding want to improve their look want to improve their general fitness both I suppose physically and mentally by doing this um, so the, the thing is this like there is well there was a bit of a stigma around bodybuilding before um, but because the sport is growing so fast like 10 years ago nobody knew anybody that would have been doing photo shoots you might have heard of somebody that might have competed in bodybuilding you definitely wouldn't have heard of any females competing yeah. bodybuilding. Fast forward 10 years later, you know everybody, at least one person in every household knows someone that does photo shoots and know like at least one or two men and women that compete in bodybuilding. Luckily, you have natural bodybuilding now, so you can go the, the natural route and do things the natural way, which is only going to be beneficial to your health long term. Mm. Um, there is... Right now in Ireland, there is two organisations that you can compete with. There's the NBFI, which is Natural Bodybuilding Federation of Ireland, and the WMBF Ireland, which is the World Natural Bodybuilding Federation of Ireland. You have the choice to compete with both federations. Both of them are absolutely amazing. They're, they're great for, for, for athletes and they look after you. Um, other than that, I mean, what it does, like, the community within bodybuilding as well, especially yeah. the natural route, like you find your tribe of people that just get you because as I said it's a lifestyle yeah and some people don't get it you know I know that from running as well you know it's like it's, it's the exact same thing man you know yeah. you either get it or you don't but I just want to make people aware that if if you've ever thought about competing in bodybuilding or something like that you can go the natural route 
it's the fastest growing sport man in Ireland and you're going to hear a lot more about it um, and there's plenty of options and there's plenty of opportunities and if even if anybody like needed some advice or whatever just pop me a message on Instagram man, and I'd, I'd happily I'd happily guide you in the right way but if you're going to do it just make a start yeah. don't worry if things aren't perfect start with where you are even if you don't want to compete in body, bodybuilding but you just want to I suppose change your lifestyle coming into into the new year start where you are you don't have to be perfect but just be consistent start going to the gym start working out from home get out for walks just start eating healthily and because the thing with me is that's like any client that I've trained for bodybuilding just started off as like the general population someone that wanted to come in get fit yeah. get healthy before they knew it, they got into like the best shape they've ever been. They're like, okay, what's the next goal? I want to do a photo shoot, <laughs> yeah, Darren. Yeah. Let's do a photo shoot. After that, I want to compete in bodybuilding. <laughs> and that's men, that's mothers, busy moms, yeah. busy to anybody. You, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your age. If you want to do it, you can do it. You just need to have the right team in place, the right mindset and the right environment and you're good to go. And if anybody needs a coach, Darren, what's your Instagram? You can catch me at Coach Darren O'Leary on Instagram. Darren, it's been an absolute pleasure. A first off, seeing you for first time in ages. B talking just been genuinely inspirational. Darren, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it, Rory. Thank you, sir. Certainly loads to learn from that conversation between Rory and Darren there. That's everything that I've got time for this Sunday, folks. Thank you, as always, for joining me here. It's been Sarah McKenzie Foley with you on The Big Red Bench. If you missed any of the show this evening or want to listen back, you can do that via The Big Red Bench podcast, which will be live shortly after I'm on air. But in the meantime, that's all for me. Have a great rest of your Sunday evening and enjoy Green Arm right up next.